The sermon today is another continuation of this idea of shalom. Jesus being the one who can give us shalom. Jesus being the one who can fill our lives with fullness, wholeness, and peace, even though we tend to make a mess of ourselves, even though we are broken, even though we have sins. And he comes and makes everything right. A couple of years ago, uh, we had a uh, VBS, and our, our theme was junkyard, junkyard Dogs Salvage Yard. And, um, and that was the idea where, you know, the desire for Junkyard Dog was once just to have junk, but then he learned that things could be salvaged. And uh, hopefully the the kids that are with us can remember that. I know me and Jay can remember that and the the teachers that were there. I see a thumbs up. God takes junk and he, he fixes it. He takes things that are broken and makes them whole again. He makes them work so that they have purpose and they can have an accomplishment and serve their purpose in life. And so I've got this kind of stuff going through my head as we're going through communion. And then at the end of communion, I just happened to glance up out the window, uh, um, out, our, out our front window, and I can see a neighbor's dog out there. And the, I could only, at first, I could only see the dog's feet flopping up in the, in the air because the dog was rolling around in the ground. And um, anybody who knows, who has a dog knows what was happening there. That dog had found something really stinky and was rolling around in it. And here we are at the, at the end of communion. It could have been a distraction, but I was just, it just is instant. It was like, yep, that's us. That's what, that's the state that we are in. We are, you know, you talk about our broken lives. It's because we have broken them. We've made these bad choices. We have desired to sin. We have gone after the things of the flesh. We are the ones who roll around in the muck and the mire, in the stink and in the filth. And um, that dog was about to probably go into the house. And as soon as it goes into the house, the master is going to be like, oh, you bad dog. What did you do? And, you know, now I got to clean you up and everything. Boy, but we learn in our lessons about shalom is that, that Jesus, when we're in that state, Jesus says, come here, I can fix you. I can cleanse you. I can make you right again. And it's just a wonderful thought. And I, my, I always, when I get into these series, I always have this thing, well, I don't want to overdo one, one particular thought, one particular concept just over and over again. So that it's just, Eric, quit it and go on. You know, I'm so tired of this and it works contrary to what we want, but this is just a meaningful lesson today. And I, I hope uh, that it's meaningful to you. And we consider another person of faith um, who's, who, because of her faith, um, it led her to have wholeness and shalom, completeness, this wholeness in her life, this peace that passes understanding. She gets that in her life because she seeks Jesus, the only one who can give it to her. Now, last week, we were in chapter 7, and we looked at this, this woman who came to Jesus, and she knew how broken her life was because of her sin. 
And she came to Jesus as the one that she looked at as the, the, the one who could give her peace in her life, who could make her whole, who could make her right, who could salvage her life. And it ended with, chapter 7 ends with verse number 50 saying, he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Now, fast forward to the verse that Jay read today. Verse 48 of chapter 8 says, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And that's literally how that verse could be read. And I realize that a lot of you are like my translation. It might say, daughter, your faith has made you well. That your faith has healed you or your faith has cured you. And those all might be right. But the essence is the, 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 the verse is the exact same in the Greek as it was in eight verse, chapter 8, verse 50. Your faith has saved you. Go in shalom. And it would have been a different Greek word, whatever that Greek word was. But the, for the Jews, it was that concept, shalom. So as I, as I looked at chapter 8 then, because you got a bunch of stuff sandwiched in between these two verses, and I just decided to look at those, all, all those words that are in chapter 8, verses 1 all the way through 39 before we get to today's lesson. And I just looked at those, and I considered that really every section of those those scriptures that you have in chapter 8, they, they could all be viewed in a sense of, well, what does this mean for Jesus coming to make people whole? Jesus coming to give us shalom, you know, go in peace. He wants us to go in peace. And what do all those verses have to do with that? Do they, are they all connected with that? So I kind of connected them and I just asked you, I'm going to mention these things and I'll ask you to go consider these things if you want to study this chapter some more. Chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, you see that those people who'd been made whole by Jesus, they had been healed from demons. They'd been, you know, demons driven out from them and their diseases cured. So those people who had been made whole by Jesus, they stayed with Jesus. Their lives were changed. Verses 4 through 15 is a parable of the sower. And I just condensed that down to this idea that because it, it becomes a mature plant perfect, complete plant, doing what it's supposed to be doing. So those who hold fast to the word of God will grow to maturity or this wholeness and completeness. They'll bear fruit. That's what God wants to give to us. That's what we can do when we hold fast to the word. It's the only way for our lives to be perfect and complete is when we turn to the word of God, hold on to Jesus. Verses 16 through 18, um, the thought there is that Jesus wants people to have more and to be more. And don't think physically, think spiritually here. He wants you to have more life. He wants you to have more abundance spiritually. He wants you to be more. He wants you to have shalom, completeness and wholeness in your life. Verses 19 through 21. Um, that's where Jesus said, who are my, my brothers? And I can't remember what, exactly how he said it. Who are my brothers and my sisters? Um, well, he said, my mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. So the place to find wholeness and completeness, it's found in the family of God. It's found in a community being a part 
of the believers, being all of us being one with God, one with Christ together. Completeness, wholeness, that's where shalom is found, is in the family of God. Verses 20 through 2 through 25. Here Jesus demonstrates his power over um, even the chaos of nature and the storms that come in nature. So certainly, if he can calm the storms in nature, he can calm the storm on Galilee. He can calm the storms and take care of me and my life. Jesus rebukes chaos and danger to bring peace and order or peace and quiet, to use a phrase that we use. Isn't it nice when it's just peace and quiet? Jesus brings that. Jesus is the one who provides that. That's shalom. When your life is peaceful and quiet. And I want you to think today, as we even just finish these introductory thoughts, start thinking about the ways that your life or maybe the areas in your life, the places in your life that you think are not defined or not described as being peaceful. They're not a place of quietness. The, think of your, your life in an area that's maybe disturbing or not quite what it should be. Think of that area in your life and just know that Jesus is the one who can give you peace and quiet. Um, and, you know, there's not necessarily one way to define how he's going to take care of that disorder or that chaos or that place of brokenness. I don't know exactly how he's going to deal with it. He might just make you like he did with Paul, the thorn in the flesh. Paul had a place that was, was that, that kind of hurt him, that disturbed him, something that he didn't like that he prayed for three times to remove this from me. And it was just a chance for God to teach him that my grace is sufficient. I'm not taking away the thorn in the flesh, Paul. You're going to have to learn to rely upon the shalom, the peace that I give you, because my grace is sufficient. So think about your life in an area, and we're going to talk about this then again at the end. Think about your life, and is, is there a place that's kind of stormy, a place that's not peaceful, that it's not shalom, that you, you're not experiencing wholeness in your life like you should, like Jesus wants you to. And I want you to consider what Jesus can do to calm that, to bring peace, to bring quietness, to bring healing, to fix that part of you. And then finishing up the introductory, introductory thoughts, verses 26 through 39, as we um, lead into this story about the two characters that we're going to talk about today, there's one of the most interesting characters, this guy named Legion, who had uh, so many demons within him that he was called Legion. So Jesus had just come across a stormy sea, brought calmness and peace to that sea. And the King James Version was peace, be still, which was really kind of this, I, quiet, be still, you know, it says bring calmness is what he, what he commanded. And he does the same thing to this man's life. He gets out of the boat and immediately this chaos comes and comes to him, this broken man who has no hope. He has a broken life. He is destroyed by Satan who has demons within him. A terrible story. 
But Jesus gives this man a new story. He heals him, drives out the demons. They go into the pigs, down into the sea. This guy has a new life. The people come from town and say, Jesus, please leave. <laughs> so he, didn't bring, he wasn't able to bring peace to their lives because they asked him to leave. He gets back in the boat and he goes back across to where he came from. So that brings us to chapter 8, verse 40. And we're going to begin just by reading this, this entire passage, and then we're just going to make some points about it. So Luke chapter 8, verse 40, and we're going to read uh, through 48. And then later you can go and, or while I'm talking, you can keep reading and see what happens with the, the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. As Jesus returned... The people welcomed him, for they had been waiting for him. And there are some translations that note that, um, oh, excuse me, I'm giving an introduction to the, thinking the wrong verse there. So Jesus returned, the people welcomed him, for they had been waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus, and he was an official of the synagogue, and he fell at Jesus' feet and began to implore him to come to his house, for he had only one daughter, about 12 years old, and she was dying. But as he went, the crowds were pressing against him. So he's kind of being delayed already, just with the crowds. 43. And a woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and could not be healed by anyone. In some verses, this is where I wanted to make the comment, some verses add that, um, you know, she had used all of her money for physicians and had no, had found no relief, no help from any of them. Verse 44, she came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. And immediately her hemorrhage stopped. And Jesus said, who, who is the one who touched me? And while they were all denying it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone did touch me, for I was aware that the power had gone out of me. When the woman saw that she had not escaped notice, she came trembling and fell down before him and declared in the presence of all, all the people the reason why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. So here we are. We've got two main characters introduced. Of course, Jairus is the one who... Uh, was coming on behalf of his daughter, uh, but it's really he's coming not for himself. He's coming for his dying girl. So he's he's about to he's at distress. He's in some brokenness here. He needs the one who can bring wholeness and healing, and he's interested in saving his little girl who's had twelve years of life. And while Jesus is on his way to help out in that situation, there is a woman who had had an issue of bleeding for 12 years. So one little girl with 
only 12 years of life. And during that same 12 years of that she has had life, this other woman has had 12 years of bleeding. She had gone to many places, and it's and it's interesting. Luke, who writes this, is known as the beloved physician. You know, so here is a doctor, here's a physician who is acknowledging that that even the physicians could not help her. She had been to many of them. She had used up all of her money to to get this issue taken care of. And what would it have meant for her situation if she was bleeding? Well, those of you who've been reading through Leviticus or those of you who are familiar with Leviticus, if somebody, if a woman has an issue of blood, um, and she's not clean. Anything that she would touch, the, the scripture is clear in Leviticus, anything that she would touch during the time of her uncleanness would be considered unclean. So she's become a bit of a social outcast. She she can't be in contact with people because she has had this issue of bleeding. And it has been 12 years. And here we are. We're into a year of being limited in our contact with people. And we can understand that after 12 years of something like this, how difficult her situation would be. She's been to everybody else. She needs healing. She wants to be whole. She wants to be a part of the community again. She wants, she wants to belong. And she knew only Jesus could heal her. Verse 43, a woman who had had a hemorrhage for 12 years had been to everybody else and could not be healed by anyone. She knew the one who could. She knew, as we talked about this with the woman who who came, the sinful woman, she came at the feet of Jesus crying, weeping, wiping his feet with her tears and with her hair, pouring perfume anointing his feet. She knew who the source of her forgiveness could be. She knew where she could find wholeness in healing. And here is another woman full of faith. And she knew who could heal her. She knew who could make her whole. How did she know this? Well, she knew the scriptures that spoke of him. Notice in Verse 44, it says, talking about this woman, she came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. Oh, do you know anybody else in the scripture who did that? Anybody else who came up to to Jesus? You kind of later on, you might think of some people who were coming up to, to Peter and trying to be healed just by touching him or even having the shadow pass across them, his shadow pass across them. But no, nowhere else do I think of, I can't think of another story where somebody just comes up and if I but just touch him, not even touch him, but just touch the hem, the very corner of his garment. Why would she think that? And if you go back to the verse 
that led us into this study on shalom. You know what that verse was? I've mentioned it before. Malachi chapter 4, verse 2. And listen to this verse. It is the last prophecy, um, the last book of the Old Covenant, and it was in, in chronological time. It was the last book written by the prophets, last inspired word of God before Jesus came, before the 400 years of silence. And in chapter 4, verse 2 of Malachi, almost the last words in the, in the old law. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and you will go forth and skip about like calves from the stall. The Messiah is going to be called the son of righteousness. He is going to be the sun rising in our hearts. What that beautiful, beautiful image of light and life and peace with that image of that sunrise. He will rise with healing in its wings, healing in his wings. That woman knew that verse. She knew that promise. She was filled with hope because she knew that he was the Messiah. He was the chosen one. And if she could just touch his wings, the hem of his garment, the wings, if, if we're, you're wearing a robe and you open up your hands and, you know, you got wings when you're wearing a robe. Not with our, our, we don't have wings with our clothes, do we? They had wings with their clothes. They had wings with their robes, their outer cloak. She knew if she could just touch the hem of his garment, she knew that there she would find healing in his wings. She knew the scriptures. And is it important for us to know scripture? If we are going to be filled with completeness and wholeness in our lives, if our, our faith has to lead us to the scriptures so that we could seek Jesus and know him. She is an example of that faith. An example, I, I don't, it, she's unique. She's wonderful and her faith is beautiful. So since she knew this, she therefore waited for Jesus. Chapter 8, verse number 40, the very first verse that we read, it says, And Jesus returned. He came back from across the Sea of Galilee, and people welcomed him, for they had been waiting for him. So it's kind of like she's in line. And you know what? There, there was Jairus. He's the, he was the man who kind of got to Jesus first, came, please help my daughter. Jesus, all right, let's go. And on the way, in the midst of all this crowd, a bunch of other people wanted to see him. But there was this one woman who had a great faith beyond all the others, who had a great need, and she waited for Jesus. She is just led by faith. She knows who she needs to get to, and she does everything to get to him. And she is patient, and then she is bold to go up and touch him. Her boldness, her faith is just filled there. Anybody that she touches in that crowd technically becomes unclean. She's, she's at a great risk within the sense of the community. And she reveals this to everybody. I've had uncleanness. I've been bleeding for 12 years. She tells them why. And after Jesus kind of outs her and she comes forward, of course, Jesus knew who it was, but he was waiting for her to, with one more step of faith to come to Jesus and say, it was me. 
She was so bold. She was so filled with faith. She was so determined that nothing was going to stop her from getting to Jesus. And she touched that hem of that garment and she was healed. She was made whole. Her faith, you know, depending upon what translation you might have, her faith saved her. Her faith delivered her. Her faith cured her. Her faith made her well. Those things are all true. And and when you think about it, she was healed physically. But we know because of her faith that she went away whole in every aspect of her life. She knew the Lord and she was made right with God. She was at peace with God. What a wonderful example of faith when she left As Jesus said, go in peace. Go in shalom. It was all because of her faith leading her to do what she needed to do. Her faith in believing in the one that could provide her wholeness and peace. So we were interrupted in the story of the girl with the, that was dying, the 12-year-old. After everything we've seen in chapter 8, do you think Jesus was able to give shalom to the dying girl? You need to go ahead and keep reading because the story in regards to the young girl, she gets, it gets a little more interesting. And this story of this woman kind of interrupting Jesus from getting to the place where he was going, it was a little bit of an interruption. And that woman might have known where he was going. That might have held her back. But she just, she knew she just had to get to Jesus, touch the hem of that garment. So anyhow, there's some things to that story. But yeah, Jesus is going to heal the, the dying girl. Well, actually not that. He gonna, he's going to give peace, completeness, and wholeness to a dead girl. He has power over the dead. He has power over death, is what I should say. He he can raise the dead. Jesus is the source of life. And if Jesus can bring shalom to the lives of all these people we just mentioned, do you think Jesus can give you shalom? Can he bring peace to your life? And if you're a person who's not in Christ, you need to just ask, you know, can I give, can he really take my life and give me wholeness? completeness and peace he can but you got to seek him in faith you got to follow the example of this woman knowing he is the one and you got to come to him even with your uncleanness even with your sin you've got to come after jesus you got to find him grab hold of him and and then realize that he's been the one pursuing you the whole time and he loves you so much and uh even though you've been wallowing around in the muck and in the stink he says i will heal you i will make you clean come enter into my kingdom and if there's any christian in the crowd here and you realize that hey there's a part of my life where i am missing peace where i am not whole where i am broken and i need jesus to come fix it jesus to come help me you You need to keep turning to him and you need to figure out what Jesus is calling upon you to do. And you need to act according to your faith. That's what Jesus is in the business of doing. 
He is in the business of salvaging things, salvaging lives, salvaging people, taking our sinful, broken lives and cleansing us and making us whole. Jesus is in the business of giving shalom. Jesus wants to give you wholeness and peace. So have faith in him. Seek him. Look for him in scriptures and come to him. And uh, I don't encourage you today just to touch the hem of his garment, but to, to grab hold of Christ and hold on to him for all your life. If there's anybody who needs to respond to Jesus, and by the way, there's going to be, Brother Hermas has mentioned that there are some people giving their lives to Jesus. Two, two souls are going to be saved as the intention, intention is what I understand with the um, Hispanic church. And we rejoice in that. Two souls are going to receive wholeness and peace today by giving their lives to Christ in baptism. If there's anybody in our number who wants to do that, you find us, you let us know, you tell us, and you declare, call upon Jesus to save you and deliver you. He will do that. We encourage you to respond in faith today as we sing this song of encouragement. <laughs>